Turn with me, please, to Luke, the fifth chapter, Luke chapter 5, and we'll go to verse 15. We begin, what is it, a couple of weeks ago now, on a new series that we're calling Hear and Be Healed. Hear and Be Healed, and the Lord quickened and spoke to us on the first night of this. That there would be a lot of healings. That there would be people getting healed, receiving healing, being healed, like popcorn popping. Like popcorn popping. There was, uh, reminds me of when I was in, uh, Phyllis and I were in Oklahoma, Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, and they allowed me to teach uh, Christ the Healer class in the Bible school for years. The first uh, time, the summer before the school year began, I was preparing. It had been, you know, for weeks and, and getting ready. And uh, as I was looking at some things, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, uh, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me, uh, like he'll speak to any Christian if you learn how to listen. He, he spoke to me. He said, uh, people will be healed in the class while you teach this. Now, this is not laying on of hands. This is not a prayer time. This is a Bible school. And the bell rings, and I've got 50 minutes. And the bell rings again, they go to the next class. And, uh, you know, it's an academic setting. And the Lord, I, very clear, I knew it was him. He said, the people will be healed while you teach this in the class. Well, I purposely didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just taught the class. And uh, uh, most of the time you didn't hear anything. It was an eight-week course. And most of the time you didn't hear anything uh, the first week or, or two or three. But then you'd begin to hear. Somebody said, uh, I've had asthma for 10 years and I'm healed. Uh, the hearing in this ear had been muffled and it just came open one day during class. <laughs> and and th- things like that would just, and some very serious things. Uh, things that people were born with. Things that were described uh, chronic and uh, incurable and even some terminal things. Amazing. But it shouldn't shock us because the scripture says he sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. As uh, the Lord said the same thing about uh, uh, these churches. And this includes folks that are sitting at home watching on the internet. This includes folks that are sitting in cyber cafes with headsets on. This includes people that are in the office. People that are riding in their vehicles and listening. Hmm? The Lord used to be, is and always will be the Lord your God who healeth thee. Is that right? Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Am I quoting scriptures? So uh, we need to say like Mary said. When the angel brought her the word. She said be it unto me. According to thy word. And so the Lord said this about healing. In our midst. Everybody said out loud. Be it unto us. Be it unto unto me. me. According to your word. word. Thank you Lord. In Luke 5. And 15, it says, but so much the more went there a fame 
abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to do what? To hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Skip over to the 6th chapter. The 6th chapter and the 17th verse. And he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Zidon. Now if you look at the other words that are translated multitude and, and great multitude. A multitude was thousands of people. A great multitude is more than that. And of course great multitudes is even more than that. Well, this was a great multitude. And what did they come to do? They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For there went virtue or power out of him and healed them all. Now, some folks might say, well, yeah, but that's Jesus, and he's God, and so he had the power to heal. Well, if he's just healing people by his power, there's no need to hear. Now, whether you understand that or not, don't throw it away. But no, the truth is, in his own hometown, where he grew up, the Bible said he could there do no mighty works. Didn't say chose not to, couldn't. And the reason being, they did not accept him. And they did not accept, they did not hear the words he gave them. And that prevented miracles. Now religion doesn't believe this, doesn't accept this. But it's Bible. It's Bible. They came to do what? To hear him and be healed. To hear him and be healed. The word of God, hold your place in Luke 5 and go over to Proverbs 4, verse 10. Proverbs 4, well, I tell you, skip on down to verse 20 for time's sake. Verse 20. My son... Attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Now what's he saying? Don't let depart from your eyes. His words. His words. Incline your ear To my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So receiving the word is not automatic. The word getting in us is not automatic. The word staying in us is not automatic. Else why say these things? Who's the understood subject here? My son... Attend to my words. You attend to my words. You incline your ear to my sayings. 
You are not to let them depart from your eyes. You are to keep them in the midst of your heart. This is something we do. God doesn't do everything for us. Everything's not left up to him. We have a part he's told us to do that we are able to do. And he's not going to do our part for us. Doesn't need to. He said if you do this. They, my words, are life to those that find them and health, or the margin says medicine, to all their flesh. What's life to those that find them and health or medicine to all their flesh? His words. Now, it didn't just say the words that have healing in the verse. All his words. Are life and healing. But they're not life to everybody. And they're not healing to everybody. That's obvious. Who are they life and healing to? Those that find them. How do you find them? Attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's how you find them. And it is a lifestyle. It's not something you just do once a month, a couple of times a year. It's a way of life. A way of living. My words are life to those that find them and their health. To all their flesh. The, in, the New Century Version says. They bring health to the whole body. God's Word Translation says. They're life to those that find them. And they heal the whole body. What heals the whole body? His words. His words. Oh. His words. His words. Everything that has been made in the material realm was made by His words. And therefore, everything made responds to His words. And our entire life is the response, the result of our response to His words. He spoke that to me today. Our entire life, including, when I say our life, I'm talking about our entire existence. Our life down here and eternity. Our entire life is the result of our response to his words. To his words. How we see his words, how we treat his words, if we believe his words or don't believe his words, if we receive his words or don't receive his words, if we do his words or refuse to do his words. Whatever our response is to his word, that's our life. Our life is the result of it. 
go into all the world and preach the good news. Right? That's his words. Then what happens? If you believe and you receive it, you'll be saved. If you don't believe it, you won't be saved. You'll be condemned. True? What determined the person's life and even eternity? Their response to his words. To his words. I know uh, one of the greatest things that ever happened in my life and Phyllis's life. I don't have to quibble about it. I know exactly when it happened. And it's why I'm standing in front of you tonight. Phyllis grew up in a traditional religious atmosphere. I grew up in a, uh, something of a religious atmosphere. And, uh, you know, you believe in God. And uh, you believe that is, the Bible is holy, holy book. You rarely look at it, but you believe it's great. And you're supposed to respect the things of God. But I heard after Phyllis and I married, we married young, and a doctor that she was working for had some uh, tapes of preaching by people like Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, Charles Capps, Kenneth Hagin. And uh, we'd never heard of any of those people, and we'd never heard of the idea of listening to uh, preaching on tape. That just sounded bizarre. I mean you play music. You know you get you some. Cassettes or. Reel to reel whatever of music. Yeah. But preaching. Most folks. Had trouble tolerating it. For the 30 minutes in service. You know. <laughs> and none of the churches we were in. Made any tapes. That anybody wanted to take with them. It was just, I don't guess anybody ever thought of that idea. <laughs> it was like that first time was enough. And, <laughs> and so uh, this doctor that she worked for, she ran his front desk and managed the office and that kind of thing. And, and he had a library, uh, just a closet full, right, of these tapes, whole wall full on the shelves. And... Uh, he kept trying to get her to take these home for me and Phyllis to listen to. And she'd thank him politely and no, that, that's okay. We don't need any, you know. <laughs> and But he wouldn't quit. I mean, he just kept on every what few days or week or whatever. He'd, again, you know, take these home, listen to them. And find, well, he's her employer. He's her boss. So she took some home. I think mostly just to appease him, I guess, just. To say, okay, I did it. And so we sat down with a little battery-operated uh, cassette player. It was a cassette player. And that was new technology then. Cassettes. <laughs> hey, you're up from eight tracks, you know. And reel to reel, you actually have something you could carry around small. And we listened to it. Redeemed. What? Redeemed from the curse of the law. Changed our life. Changed our life. Now we had heard preaching before. 
So what's the difference? What's the difference? Well, I didn't know at that time. But you've heard us say we, we had a little mobile home with a red shag carpet and genuine imitation leather black sofas. That's plastic. And um, it was well used before we got it, the mobile home. And, but man, after hearing that first tape, we wanted more. And so we got in a, a routine of every day after work, I'd come home and sit down on that plastic couch with that battery-operated uh, cassette player and play another tape and just listen. And, of course, you know, hearing them talk, Brother Copeland and Brother Copeland was the first ones we listened to. And uh, then Brother Savell and Caps and, and, and different ones and Brother Hagen. And, of course, we, we, we hear them talking about they took notes and they wrote in their Bible. And, wow, this is strange and new for us. But, hey, uh, we're pretty excited about it. So we begin to take notes and write down references and mark in our Bibles. And I didn't realize it then, but God was putting faith in us because he's about to let us know in a matter of months that we were supposed to leave home and follow him and go get trained, and go into the ministry, which I had no intentions of at that point. None. I didn't know it then, but looking back now, from that very first one, something was getting in me. Something was going in me. But now let's just stop right here. Could it have gotten into me, could it have gotten into Phyllis, if we wouldn't have listened to him? And even after, not just physically listening, but we are, are we attending to it? We're inclining our ear. We want to hear it. We want to understand it. And then we're keeping it before our eyes. We're, we're thinking about it. During the day, we're talking about it at night. And so it is getting into our hearts and we are keeping it in the midst of our heart. What did he say would happen when you do that? It will be life to you and it will heal your body too. Is this Bible? Is this true? So, uh, I, uh, you know, we did that for, what, a couple of years? And uh, then the Lord dealt with us. We got it in our heart to go to one of Brother Kenneth Hagin's meetings out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we're just country folks that never left town and didn't have the money, didn't have the gas to go. But we, in, in those two years, we learned that a couple of big things, that it was God's will for you to have it. Now that was an eye-opener. Because we, we did not think that way. That God would help you get a car. God would, would help you get in a house. That was just foreign thinking. But we begin to believe that God is real and that he's a big God and he's a good God and he wants good things in your life. Didn't the scripture say, he that comes to God must believe that he is and what? You, you got to go on. That he is a what? Rewarder means doing good for, giving good to and doing good for. 
Reward's not an evil thing. It's a good thing. He's a rewarder. Of who? Not everybody. Those that seek him. Those that want to find him. Those that look for his things. Seriously. Genuinely. Diligently seek him. You're going to find him. Well, we went out to the, the meeting. And you, if you've been around, you've heard me talk about it before. We, they were given a tour of the Bible school. And it was free. So we could do free. <laughs> and so we, uh, we got on the bus and took us out there. And we went through. And we just want to see it. That's the only idea we have in mind. And, and I remember it distinctly. We were in SDC 2, Student Development Center number 2, on the upper floor in the music department. And the Spirit of God dropped it in my heart, we're supposed to come here. I thought, what? What? And Phyllis too. We didn't say anything to each other about it. We just just kind of played it cool, you know. And, and it just kept working in us all that day and the next day. And was it on the way back in the bus? On the way back, right? It was hot summertime. And where the meeting was held down there is right by the refinery. And in the hot summertime, it smells bad. And finally, she looked at me and she said, did you ever know you're supposed to do something and you didn't want to do it? And I just looked at her and said, what? (laughs) I want to hear what she said first. And uh, she just said, it stinks here. It's not like it was our lifelong dream to move to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. It's a great place, but we just didn't know anything about it. And uh, over the next days and weeks, we kept seeking the Lord, and He just got stronger and stronger in us. And and finally, we did, and through a series of miracles, we came, went to school, graduated. We thought we'd go one year, go back home. We were there for 20. <laughs> Helping the Hagans in every way that we could. Taught in the healing school, taught in the Bible school. But looking back now, the thing I got through these other ministry gifts, and especially through Brother Hagan, my father in the faith, is... The authority, the integrity, the value of the Word. I didn't have that before I got around his ministry and the other ministries. If you'd ask me, do you respect the Bible? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I would have probably thought as much as you could, but I didn't. I didn't. I did not see it as the final authority on everything. I did not see it as a living entity. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing 
Even to the dividing spirit and soul and joint and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We're talking about the same thing that happened when God said, Light be. (laughs) And all of this began to come into existence. That is the origins of the universe. And anybody that tells you different doesn't know they weren't there and have no science to back it up. It's an unproven theory. It's an alternate belief. It's not science. Faith's a choice. You choose what you believe and what you don't. The Lord said to me today, our entire life is the result of our response to the Word of God. Anybody in here born again? You know you're born again. You know when you got born again. Come on, anybody know? Huh? How'd that happen? You responded correctly. Come on, can you see this? To the Word of God. Now, most of us probably didn't respond correctly the first time. Hmm? How many of you that just raised your hand said, I know, I know, I know. There were 10, 20, 30, 50 times you heard the word before that and didn't respond correctly to it. Got up, walked out, lost. Huh? Hands all over. And so could have been saved and free and delivered years earlier or decades But the life and the problems you had that wasn't his will was the direct result of your wrong response to the word of God. And everything that's going on in this planet with everybody is the result of their response to the word of God. And he's allowing... People to rebel against his word and despise his word, blaspheme his word, spit on his word. He's allowing it for a very brief time so that hearts may be shown. And he's looking for a harvest out of this place. (laughs) A harvest of his, those that chose him, those that received his words. I'm looking at some of them. Amen. Amen. But there's coming a time when it's going to be no more. And he's going to speak again. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. Hallelujah. He's going to speak again. Oh, you want to see how this thing's going to wind up? Go to the book of Revelation. Go to the book of Revelation. Well, You'll get more out of it if you'll go by the way of uh, John. No, no. You go to Revelation. We'll put John on the screen. Save you a trip. Uh, Go to Revelation 19. Put on the screen John 1. First chapter of John and the first verse. John 1, 1. What does it say? In the beginning was the Word. The Word didn't begin in the beginning. The Word was already there. And the Word was with God. And the Word 
was God. Most of these things we will not even begin to fully understand right now. You just decide whether you believe it or not. But this is the truth. Keep going. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Now, who is him referring to? Hmm? Stay in the context. The word. Back up. Some of you give me the wrong answer. Verse 1 1. In the beginning was what? Was what? The word. The word. The word is a person. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Who? The word. Keep reading. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things. What does A-L-L mean? Everything included, nothing excluded. All things were made by him. Him who? The word. All things were made by the word. And without the word was not anything made that was made. We need to understand how God operates. And he, he's perfection. He doesn't need to change. He's not going to change. And the way he does things is not going to change. Everything he does, has done, and does, and will do is by his word. <laughs> if he did it, he did it by saying it. When he said it, he did it. And anything that God does in our life is by His Word. By His Word. What we're standing on, what this building is resting on, this planet and the star that gives us our light and everything else out here. Are we just going to believe it created itself? It sprang into existence from nothing? That's not science. That's a belief. That's a theory. Something caused it to come into existence. There was a time when it didn't exist. Something caused it to come into existence. And the Bible tells us that it was when God said, let there be, or really, maybe a more accurate would be light, be or become. Hallelujah. And every you and I, the materials we're made out of, came into existence through the spoken word of God. And our response to the words that come out of his mouth will be the result. The result of that is our life. Hallelujah. Where are you? Revelation, the 19th chapter, the 11th verse. What is the Word? 
Who is the Word? 1911, he said, John is seeing in the Spirit. And he's seeing the future. He said, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. <laughs> Woo. That's our Lord. That's our Master. That's our Savior. That's our Redeemer. Who is He? What is He? The Word of God. We read there in John 1, but in verse 14, it talks about that. The Word became flesh. And dwelt among men. John in 1 John talks about it. We touched him. We handled him. What's he said? He had a revelation of what he was touching. There's a reason why John wanted to be close. He laid on Jesus' shoulder and chest. Why? He knows he's touching the vessel that houses the word of God. The word that created everything. Why wouldn't you want to lean on that? Amen. Touch that. And yet, Jesus was not operating as God. He's operating as a man. And they didn't see the fullness of that. I'm not saying they did. But he had something in him that he's realizing that. And by the time he pins First John, he describes it. The Word of God. In the flesh. Well, John 1. Who penned that? First John. John. John, he said, we touched, handled the word of life. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Somebody say the word of life, the word of life, the word of life. Put up 1 Peter on there. You can turn there if you want to, but 1 Peter 1, 23. The way we were born again is the way everything operates in the kingdom. 1 Peter 1.23 says, we, We've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now let's just stop. You remember the Lord saying, Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word will not. Now here's an amazing thought. How are you born again? By the word of God. Are you a product of the word of God? Is the word of God in you? Then you're not passing away. Flesh will go. This earth, well this whole planet's going to go. The atmosphere. The so-called heavens around us is going to go. Something's going to happen to our star. But that's just a transition. 
there's going to be new heavens and new earth wherein is zero curse. No curse. No death. No sorrow. No pain. No crying. No dying. But you and I are already products of incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Your spirit is going to exist forever. You're born in the likeness and image of God. We're young, barely developed, you know, preemies. <laughs> we, we really are. And yet, we're still His DNA. We're still in corruptible seed of the Word of God. That's what my spirit has been created by and with. Come on, read it again. We've been born again. How? Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Who was born again this way? He's talking about all of us. Now, let's just stop here. The flesh and bone Jesus that lived on the earth and walked on the earth, crucified and raised, how was he born? He was not born by corruptible seed. He was born by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. The angel brought the word from heaven to Mary. And gave it to her. And what was her response to the word of God? Oh, come on. Come on, help me. What was her response? That's impossible. That's crazy. No way. There would have been a different result. Wouldn't be reading about her. What'd she say? Be it unto me according to your word. And when she said that, the word of God came into her. The Holy Spirit came over her and Jesus was conceived. And the Word literally became flesh. And the Word is still manifesting in this realm to those that will believe it and receive it. Words that God has spoken about all manner of things in our life. If we respond to it with reverence and faith. Keep reading. Born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God. For the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me to Matthew, the fourth chapter, please. I know I'm taking my time, but we need to. The enemy will do his best to keep these things from us. Not that it's so hard to understand, but he seeks to blind the minds 
so that we don't see the value of it. Did you go to Matthew? Fourth chapter. Verse 1. Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. When the tempter came to him, he said, if you be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Then he, Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's quoting from Deuteronomy 8.3. Deuteronomy 8.3 reads virtually the same thing. That he might make you know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Now there'd be people that argue with this. And they'll say, oh, you know, there's people all over the planet living Without the word of God. No they're not. They're existing. On a physical plane. And they don't have eternal life in them. And this little life down here. We just got through reading. It's like a flower. It buds. It blooms. It withers. It's gone. And and just trudging through. The chaos and curse of this dark world. Is not life. It's not what God's talking about. He's talking about Zoe, eternal life, life as God has it. And this life is in the seed of His Word. Man does not live by bread alone. You cannot live and be victorious without the Word of God. You cannot be an overcomer. You cannot have victory and peace without the Word of God. You can get weak in your body and eat some beans and bread, tomato and apple, and your body can take uh, that fiber and those acids and those vitamins and nutrients and utilize it. To sustain life in your body and give you strength and health. But that's just physical. God's word does the same thing. His words, if you'll receive them, will come into you. And your spirit and your soul and your mind and your body can absorb The life out of them. Oh are you listening saints? And to those that find them. They are life to them. And they are healing. And health. And strength. And medicine. To all their flesh. Do you believe it or not? His words. Said out loud. His words. Are life to me. His words. Are healing to me. 
In John 6, you can turn there if you like. John 6 is one of the most amazing chapters in the Bible. And it is a, it's a time in Jesus' life and ministry where he went from being the most popular to not the most popular. It began by the miraculous feeding of the multitude with the handful of food. Boys lunch, few loaves and fish. And because of the miracle, and the people realized it was a miracle, that all those thousands of people ate and were satisfied and took up baskets full left over out of a little kid's lunch. Because of that, they tried to follow him and keep going with him. And so he begins to teach them at the direction of the Father. He said, you're following me around because you ate and got full. And who knows? Maybe some of them are thinking, hey, I can quit my job now. <laughs> we just follow him around. And if somebody's got a piece of toast and a sardine, we're good. <laughs> but he said, no, that's not how it's going to be. He said, you're following me around because you ate and uh, you got full. He said, uh, verse 26, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the food that perishes. Meat means food. If he's talking about meat like we mean, we say meat, it'd say flesh. Labor not for the food which perishes, but for that food which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give to you, for him has God the Father sealed. And they said to him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus said, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Receive his word. He came into his own, and his own what? They didn't receive him. And what they said is, Verse 31, our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Now here you see a dangerous mistake that people make again and again. They attribute uh, miracles of God to people. Big mistake. He said, Moses didn't do that. God did that. And the bread of heaven is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. They said, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Well, this began to cause a ripple throughout the crowd. And the Jews came and said, uh, verse 41, he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it he says, I came down from heaven? Jesus, he didn't stop. Verse 47, he said, verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. 
Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. I'm going to give my flesh. What is his flesh? The word made flesh and dwelt among us. But because they're so carnal, they have no concept of this. And they think he's talking about some kind of religious form of cannibalism. Really? And they just think that's bizarre. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. He said, I'm the living bread. Which came down from heaven. The Jews strove among themselves. Verse 52. They said how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them verily verily I say to you. Except you eat the flesh of the son of man. And drink his blood. You have no life in you. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood. Has eternal life. And I'll raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood. Dwells in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. What's he talking about? What's he talking about? Many, verse 60, of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured, he said, does this offend you? And what if you see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? He said, I came from heaven. It's the Spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. What's he talking about? Here it is. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. And they are life. What is the bread that came down from heaven? Jesus, who is the Word made flesh. We ought to have the highest regard for the Word of God. And again, our entire life and eternity will be the result of our response to his word. I was talking about how Phyllis and I got started in the ministry. And what I didn't realize was what I've been sharing with you tonight is that one of the biggest things that happened to us is we made, we received the word of God as our life. And we accepted the word of God as the answer to every question and as the authority. So everything that came up, the next question is, what does the word say? What has he said? What does he say? And then when you find out what he said, that's it. 
whether it's vastly different from what you thought or what you wanted to do or what you've been doing or what about all your friends thought, the word is number one. We were not that way, even though we grew up around church. We were not that way remotely. If you'd asked us, do you respect God? Oh, yes, yes. Do you respect the Bible? Certainly, certainly. But it did not have that place in our hearts, our minds, our lives. It did not. And as the next few years transpired, we're there at Brother Hagin's ministry, and we're getting a dose of the Word, brother. Woo! Listen to what my job was after, uh, what was this? After four years... My job was to monitor his class, to sit in with with him in his classes and listen and pay attention and be ready if I need to fill in on something. And after that, my job is to take his messages, the old, you remember they had those big old, what do they call those, beta tapes, whatever they were, they were that big. My, I had a, we had a special setup to even be able to watch them. My job was to take those and watch them, all of them. And make notes of them. Oh my, my, my. The word of God is flowing into us. And Phyllis is there with me. And in the meetings like a continuous stream. It just flowing. And I didn't know it. I didn't realize what it was doing to me. But it's completely changing. How you see things. How you think. How you talk. Come on, are you with me? It's completely transforming me and her, but like Phyllis shared uh, Sunday, these things don't just happen in three seconds. It happens over a period of time. And so after 10 years, our life is it's far different, so much better than we would have imagined 10 years before it could be. We're going places, we're doing things, we're involved in that, we're seeing God move, we're seeing miracles that we would never have imagined back there 10 years before. And I realized some of the folks that we were friends with and, and, and fellowship with when we first heard these words got a chance to visit and see, see them. And I realized I didn't say anything to them. They are right where we all were. Ten years ago. And I know one of the first times we visited with some people that we had known, you're thinking, man, they've changed. What's wrong? Man. And we begin to realize, nah, it's not them that changed. It's you. You don't even see things differently. You don't, you don't think the same. But because it happened gradually over a period of years, uh, days, months, and years, you didn't realize the, the giant difference now that exists. And so I'm thinking, well, well Lord, Lord. And I, 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 not 10 years later, but this is only a couple of years ago, I asked the Lord this question because I realized there are people in the world that have never heard one good faith message, that have never heard one sound teaching on healing or being free or your needs getting met. Or, and I thought, Lord, Phyllis and I have heard some of the best in the world for decades. I mean, why us? Who are we? Why us? And he answered me. 
He said, I don't mean I heard a voice, but he said, I knew you would value it. And just like that, it went through my mind what happened when Phyllis and I got those tapes from the doctor she worked for. Not two weeks into listening to them, we thought, this is the greatest thing we ever heard. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Oh, I hadn't got over it yet. And so what we did, well, you want your friends to get it, right? So we took them some of the tapes we already heard and said, man, you've got to hear this. You've got to hear this. This will change your life. And they said, what? Says that's music? No. Preaching. Preaching? You listening to preaching on a tape? What's happening to them? Said, look, man, just, just listen to it. Just, just, just listen to it. So you see them a couple of days later, you go, what about it? They go, well, I hadn't had time. Hadn't had time. Listen to that, man. Week later. What about it? Well, I listened to part of it. What about part of it? What about it? Well, I don't, I don't know about all that. Response to the word. Come on, can you see it? Their response, and the Lord showed, because I'm asking the Lord, why, why aren't they any further along? I mean, it's not that Phyllis and I are so special. Why have we been so blessed? Why have we come so, so far, so quick? He said, I knew you would value it. That's why he continues to keep giving it to us. If we ever stop valuing it, it'll stop. The flow will stop. But how many people wouldn't walk across the road to hear a good message? You understand what I'm saying? How many folks, they, just, they don't value it. It means nothing. In fact, they despise preachers. They despise church things. And because of their bad response to the Word of God, they're cut off from the life that's in the Word. Oh, friends, this is why we say, just as a way of life, everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter. Every day. Monday through Friday. And we talk about how you do it. You don't do five other things while you're doing that. You say, this is the word of God. Lord, speak to me. Open our ears. Read it. If you're married, read it with your spouse. If you've got kids, read it with your kids. And if you say, I don't have time, your priorities are bad. You don't have time for a few minutes to give the word of God first place in your life. Your life is the result of your response to the Word. I understand one day you're real busy, but as a way of life, you just go week after week and month after month, and you never have time to read a chapter? It's because you don't value it. You don't see value in it. That determines what happens in your life. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. I'm thinking about starting to get ready to eventually close. (laughs) You know, Paul said, finally, brethren, halfway through his book. (laughs) So I'm in good company. 
<laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about the Word of God. The living Word of God. Listen, why, you're going to 1 Thessalonians 2, chapter 2. Let me read to you just a, a few verses. Don't try to turn there, just listen. Of how the, the book of Acts, the beginning days of the church, what was central to them. In Acts 6, it says the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied. Acts 8, it says when the apostles at Jerusalem heard Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. Acts 12, 24, the word of God grew and multiplied. Acts 13, 46, Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should have first been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you, you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. We turn to the Gentiles. You going to treat the word like that? You had your chance. We brought it to you. You don't want it? We'll go to them. Our entire life is the result of our response to the word of God. Acts 19, 18, many came and confessed and showed their deeds and brought their, that had used curious arts. They brought their books together, burned them before all men. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Hallelujah. What will turn a town around? The word of God. What will turn a family around? An individual. Not just the word of God but receiving, come on, can you see this? Receiving the Word of God. The perfect picture is Acts 28, the end of the book. I just wanted to, to remind you of the central focus the Word of God had in the beginning days of the church. The results, when everything was going good, is because the Word of God was prevailing. People were receiving it. In Acts 28, you see such a perfect picture of the whole world. Acts 28:23, Paul was allowed to preach, even though he was a prisoner. And the Bible said, there came many to him in his lodging. Did you know you can be prosperous even when you're a prisoner? He was able to rent a place. It's pretty good for a prisoner. And he paid for it. The Bible said he had his own hired house for a couple of years. God met his needs. To whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And you thought I went long sometime. <laughs> Do you think this was some grade A good word of God? Hmm? This is Paul. Do you believe the anointing was here? Do you believe the doctrine was good? Do you believe the revelation was flowing? And look at the response, verse 24. And what? Some believed the things that were spoken, and what? Some believed not. Would you say it was because of inferior preaching? No. <laughs> or less than the best ministry? No, no. Did everybody receive Jesus? No. no. Or what he pre preached or taught? No. What happened with Jesus? 
What happened with Paul? What happened with Peter? What's happened ever since then? Some believed. And some believed not. Completely different response to hearing the same thing. To him that believes, he'll be saved. To him that believes not, he'll be damned or condemned. It is written. Same word, different response. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. And after Paul had spoken one word, he said, Well spoke the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go ye to this people and say, Hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should Heal them. Be it known therefore to you that the salvation of God is sent to the Gentiles and they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, told you he had it, and received all that came into him. What was he doing? Preaching the kingdom of God, teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Go with me back to Luke. I need to add this scripture. Hold on to 1 Thessalonians. Or you can get it again. We were there in Luke. The 5th chapter. What did they do? They came to hear. And to be healed. Is this. Resonating in you, in you better. Why would you need to hear? Because the healing is the result of your response to what you heard. Just like being born again is the result of your response to the Word of God. In John 5, 15, they came to hear and to be healed. Did I say, what, what did I say? Did I say John? Well, you knew what to do though, right? Luke 5.15 And uh, they came to hear and be healed. Keep reading. Verse 16. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day, Luke 5.17, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present are there to heal them. Why is the power of the Lord present to heal them? What's he doing? He's teaching. Teaching what? The word. The power of the Lord's there to heal who? Well, Pharisees. Doctors of the law. Everybody that's come out of the town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem. Everybody. Them. Them. And behold, men brought in a man, a man who was taken with a palsy. They sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. But when they could not find by what way to bring him, because of the multitude, uh, they went upon the housetop, let him down through the tiling. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. The Pharisees got upset about that. Who can forgive sins but God alone? He said, why reason your hearts? Which is easier to say, sins forgiven, arise up and walk, but that you may know 
Rise, take up your couch and go into your house. Is this a word of God? Is this a word of God? Is this a word of God? Just like light, be. Arise, get up. Get your couch. Is there power in here? But there was already power there. To heal everybody. But he got up. He took his bed, departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we were filled with fear, saying, we've seen strange things today. And if you look at the rest of it, they tried to kill him. They tried to cause him problems. Here you've got a house full of people not appreciating what they're hearing. And so they're getting no results. The power of the Lord is there, but nobody's getting healed. Is it possible the power of the Lord can be in a place for people to be born again, saved, and nobody get born again? Is it possible? When the gospel is preached, the power is there. They didn't esteem who they were with. They didn't value what they were hearing. It just made them mad. They wanted to argue. They're not there to receive. They're there to take notes and find fault with what Jesus' doctrine is and go back and accuse him to the authorities. So their terrible response to the word of God results in them not getting healed. But here's some old boys that so value the word of God until they will do whatever they have to do to get in there with the word of God. Is that right? They checked out every entrance point. They couldn't find it. They were willing to go up on the housetop and the paralyzed guy was willing to let them drag him up there. They were willing. Aren't you glad they weren't so overly concerned about a lawsuit? Either dropping him or tearing up the man's housetop. What was their objective? What was the burning thing in their hearts and minds? Got to get to the Word of God. Who's in there? Jesus. Who is He? The Word of God. What's He doing? He's giving out the Word of God. And where the Word of God is, the power's there. The power's there to heal. And man, He got healed. But you'd have to add to the Bible to say any of those Pharisees or doctors of the law whom the power was there to heal got healed. We can assume none of them did, even though the power was there to do it. The problem is not in God being able to heal. The problem is not in him not being willing to heal. Men have said that was it. But it's not. The issue is bad responses to the Word of God. Look in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. Let this reverberate through you, in you. Paul said, by the Spirit of God to the church at Thessalonica, the saints in Thessalonica. He said, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing. He said, I just thank God all the time about this. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, through us, 
You received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. And what was the result? What was the result? Which effectually, that's the same word for power, works also in you that believe. Oh, friend, this is the difference. The word of God is not bound. No word of God is void of power or incapable of being fulfilled. Nothing's impossible with him. But it happens all the time. Two people sit side by side. They hear the same word. One of them is bored and wants to go. And the other one goes, that's the word of God. That's the word of God. Not making too much of a vessel it came through, but spiritual enough to know the word of God when you hear it. Why? Because it's this book and it sounds like this book and it's the same spirit who authored this book who lives in you. And if you're born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, you know the Word of God when you hear it. And if you will hear it and go, oh, that's the Word of God. That's the Word. That's not not just Brother Keith talking. That's not just Miss Phyllis. That's not just somebody else. That's the Word of God. Be it unto me according to your Word, O God. The moment you do that, the power is beginning to be released inside you and it works powerfully. It works effectually. Did you see it said it works? Come on, did you see it said it works? It works. It works. Mr. I tried that. It didn't work. No, no, no. The word works powerfully when and if you respond to it. You have to respond to the word of God. We live in a crude, disrespectful world. Generations now have lost ground. Generation by generation by generation. Many have not taught their children to respect anything because they themselves were not taught to respect anything. And this is a giant problem when it comes to God and when it comes to His Word. What did He say? Those that honor me. And what He said? I will honor. You want to treat his word like nothing? It'll be you that gets left out. Oh, but friend, <laughs> I'm so thankful for this one. I just thanking God all week as we normally do. Blessings, 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 blessings. It's the greatest privilege of our life to be able to minister to you. Hallelujah. Oh, how wonderful it is. I said how wonderful it is. It all comes back to one thing. We don't come here to play bingo. Huh? We didn't come here tonight to talk politics. Come on, are y'all with me or not? What, what's this about? His word. Oh, the incorruptible seed of the glorious word of God. The word of life. The living word. Who also is Jesus. Oh, friend. The more respect we can have for the word, the more reverence and the more of a faith response we give to the word, that's why we're going to see pop, 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 
Come on, are you listening? It's not just because I or Phyllis might do an amazing job preaching. That's not it. It's not just because we read a few verses. It's because our faith and our respect for the Word is going to come up to another level. Come on, are y'all with me or not? We're going to come up to another level. And you'll not just be sitting there looking at me or whoever's speaking, and I won't just be looking at you. We will be going, the Word of God, the Word of God, the living, saving, healing, delivering Word of God is working mightily in me. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.